the thing that I have been learning over the past couple of years is like, yeah, I'm, I'm broken. And so is every single person around me. And like in our brokenness, we find wholeness and in our brokenness, we can be like, okay, we're all in this circle together. Oh, and we're all a mess. What a great place to start. And we all have gifts. What an awesome place to keep going. And we all have something to contribute. What a blessing that we are in each other's presence. Like that, it's it's a great way to live, man. It's a it's a fun way to live. Hello and welcome to episode 15. Holy moly, 15 episodes of Find Your Light, the podcast that helps women plus in theater take center stage in lives they love. I am your host and serious animal lover extraordinaire, Emily Stamets. Really quickly before we dive into introducing the guest, I wanted to let you know that I am going to be shifting all of my personal commentary that I've been doing before the interviews on this podcast into separate podcast episodes. Those will be um, published once, maybe twice a week, and they will be probably a little bit shorter, but that's just a chance for you to get some inspiration, get some life strategies, et cetera, et cetera. So be looking for those episodes in your podcast feed starting this Friday, July something. I think it's the 26th of 2019. (laughs) All right. So my guest today is Bridget McCarthy. Bridget is an actor, playwright, teaching artist, and community theater maker. In 2013, she stepped into a medium security men's prison in Grand Rapids, Michigan, and witnessed a theater circle for the first time. Since then, she has worked with the American Shakespeare Center, Elm Shakespeare, a bunch of Shakespeare companies, and uh, is now in residence at the Atlanta Shakespeare Company. Her work as an actor has taken her all over the country, playing all sorts of really cool roles, mostly in Shakespeare, but her greatest bliss is using theater as a tool of amplification for unexpected voices. We talk a lot about her work doing theater circles, specifically in prisons, in this episode. There are a couple of things I want you to know before we get started. Number one, there are a couple of content warnings on this episode. The first is for adult language. Um, Bridget and I kind of fall really quickly into a very friendly um, patter and, and, you know, really friendly um, relationship, which was awesome. Um, But we do uh, use some grown-up words, so you may want to just be aware of who you're listening to this podcast around. We do also mention some uh, the instance of religious trauma. Bridget was raised in a very conservative religious upbringing, and she talks a little bit about that experience, as well as her experience with an eating disorder. So there is content warnings on this episode for all of those things. Also, please be aware that Bridget was one of my first interviews for this podcast, and so the questions I ask her are an older version of my interview questions. We also, like I said, we got pretty friendly pretty quickly, so we go off on kind of a lot of tangents. I cut a lot of them out, but some of them just kind of had to be left in, either because I thought they were really entertaining or because we talk about the fact that we went on a tangent (laughs) later on in our conversation. So um, be aware that I know that, and often I will cut out those sort of like tangents or bunny trails, as Bridget calls them, from the episodes, but I did not do that completely on this one. In particular, we talk a lot about Bridget's dog, Oberon. Um, he was brand new to her. He, she had just had him for a month when we had this conversation, so she's still very excited about him. Um, his, his nickname is Obi. I always love it when pets have like a real name and a nickname. My cat has a thousand. Um, anyway, so I left in some of the messiness of our conversation and the, the gooeyness of us just having a very authentic, real conversation. So roll with that with me, um, and I hope that you enjoy it as much as I did. All right, that's all from me. Without further ado, here is my conversation with Bridget McCarthy. So, Bridget McCarthy, yes. Yes. how did you get started in theater? Take us on the journey from that day to today. Sure. So I uh, went to a highly religious uh, elementary school, and like the kind where I said once that I want to go to college and uh, my teacher made me like kneel down in front of the class and they all like laid hands on me to pray for me. Um, it was a little culty. Uh, we're wow. working on it in therapy. It's fine. 
Um, but I was really talkative and I was told that that was one of my spiritual gifts, but I needed to learn it, how to channel it better. So my English teacher was like, Bridget, let's make a deal. If you can shut the hell up for a week, you can play death in the Easter pageant. And I didn't want to play death because I had this like absurd notion that I was only alive if people were actively looking at me. But like, like, let's just pause for a second. Sure. (laughs) (laughs) Like my brain is reeling from everything so far. Um, But I just kind of love that your teacher was like, you get to play death. And that was like the like prize for doing something that was obviously going to be a huge challenge for you. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. Um, Interesting. And I found out that my least favorite person, uh, whose name we're going to call Amy was playing Jesus and death's one job is to nail Jesus to a cross. Um, (laughs) and so I don't know if being on stage was the prize so much as just like getting to pretend to kill Amy. Um, (laughs) Uh, so yeah, that was when I really fell in love with the stage. Uh, <laughs> so from I think then that's on, my that... favorite origin story so far. That is amazing. <laughs> I, it was it was fourth grade, and I haven't looked back. And so uh, when I was growing up, art wasn't really something that I was allowed to do um, because of our our religious beliefs and. Um, it was really, and if we were to do art, it was very restrictive. It was very like this is a very fun skit, but what does it have to do with God Almighty? Um, so it was very restrictive and everything was had to come back to our relationship with God. Um, and growing up through that, I found that I was kind of performing Christianity for people at the same time that I was learning how to perform on stage. And it kind of trickled through all aspects of my life, like performing something and doing it correctly versus actually showing up to things and, and doing them. <laughs> Uh, so, so that's kind of the journey of how I I fell into it. And then I, I went to, um, college and was never good at anything else. And, uh, kind of, as I went along this path, I started to realize that, um, the way that I grew up was as a person who was told that like black and brown people are dangerous and gay people are abominations before God. And, women should be submissive to their husbands. And like, I never saw a bigger, a bigger role for myself. (laughs) We're going with the metaphor Um, until I started to use theater as a method of connection between people. So I started to, to, I went to my first prison circle in 2013 and was surrounded by people who were so different from me on so many levels, but theater was kind of our sacred ground. Um, We could talk to each other in a really special way uh, because we had this shared vocabulary. And I just fell in love with that kind of community making aspect of this art form. So um, I went on to become a professional actor and everywhere that I've acted, I've been really lucky and that I've kind of showed up to the education department and been like, hey, I want to I want to do some other stuff, too, while I'm making pretty faces. Can I? Can I do some other stuff too? And most of the time they have said yes. So in the meantime, I've been working um, across the country primarily as a Shakespeare actor for some reason. Um, It just kind of happened that way. Uh, But I've also been doing uh, theater circles um, in, I've worked in men's prisons. I just did a women's prison for the first time. I've done juvenile detention. Um, I've worked with uh, refugees, people experiencing homelessness. I just devised a piece with people um, in recovery and actively battling addiction. so yeah, that's where yeah. I am. I'm, so I'm acting and, and working with people. That's amazing. Congratulations. There's a lot of people who would love to be doing what you're doing and you're doing it, which is awesome. Um, I am the luckiest, luckiest lady. I, you know, I actually don't like the word luck. I, I typically don't use it as fortunate <laughs> instead because it's not really about luck. It's about going for it and doing it, I think. I mean, sure. it's a little bit I of love luck, that. Sure, but also like <laughs> you have to put yourself out there and like do the opportunities. Um, sure. Thank you for that adjustment. You're you're welcome. If you you can choose to accept it or not, it's up to you. Um, Talk to us about what a theater circle is and what got you to that first one in 2013. Yeah. So um, the first one in 2013 was part of a class trip as like a theater 101. Um, My advisor happened to be married to a person that was doing prison work. um, And she was like, you know, it's a great idea. Let's take these 2018-year-olds to... (laughs) a medium security prison. It'll be a great time. Um, and she was brilliant. It was a great idea on her part. Um, so that's what brought me to the first one. And basically what happened, hi, OB, you can be a good boy. Thanks, Bob, Bob. 
he's looking at me with like, where's my peanut butter eyes? Um, so when I walked in it and I continue to use this model, it was just a circle of people, um, sitting in chairs and we sit there until someone is ready to start. And we sit there in quiet and it, it's kind of, it can be meditative or it can just be, we're chilling. Um, and then when someone's ready to start, they stand up and start working and it can come in the form of monologues. It can come in the form of, I want to try something It can come in the form of, um, I have an idea for a song or I wrote a new poem or something. Someone just puts a piece of work in the middle of the circle. Um, and then as a group, we, we expand it, we work on it, we expand it, we deepen it, whatever that means. Um, so for me as a facilitator, it, it generally means, um, Good, good one. Uh, it generally means that uh, for the first circle, I come in and I have this whole spiel and I say, hey, I'm not here because I think you're broken. I'm not here because I think that I have something special. I'm here because you're my neighbors and I like to do art with my neighbors. Cool. Let's go around the circle and talk about what tools we have to put in the center of the circle. My tools are that I am a story maker and a story amplifier. And so I have tools that can help do that. My tools are in the middle of the circle. Let's go around. And so people talk about their tools. And what, oh, good, 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 good. That went well. Um, people talk about their tools. <laughs> this is going to be the most entertaining video to watch. <laughs> all these like random ass things are happening. I know. I love it's it. It's going to be great. <laughs> Delightful. Like, let him see the mess. Let him see the mess. It's all real. Um, I forgot to put on deodorant this morning. It's Yay. <laughs> I'm um, not wearing a bra. <laughs> Neither am I. Yes. <laughs> Life hashtag, is great. Hashtag relatable. <laughs> um, so, so as we put our tools in the middle, we decide how these tools can interact with one another, and we come up with um, what's called a cornerstone piece. And the exercise that I do. Let me know if I'm going into too much detail. No, you're good. The exercise that I do is I roll out a big sheet of paper, and I say, "Okay, if you had a megaphone and ten seconds of the world's attention." what would you say? And so they all write down, they, we, we all write down what we would say. Um, and then someone goes through and reads them and we all have markers and we put check marks by the ones that really deeply resonate with us. And then whichever one has the most or whichever ones have the most, that becomes our cornerstone piece. Um, so for instance, the one I just did with the women's prison was um, family separation has been happening for a long time. And it, they, they were talking about the fact that, you know, 85% of women in prison were in foster care. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the, what's happening at the border is heartbreaking. And we need to look at our country's history of separating children from their families as a tool of oppression. Mm -hmm. um, so that became our cornerstone piece. And, and so we had a rapper and a poet and a dancer and we had a guitarist for some reason. Um, and we were able to get a guitar in prison for the first time in Amazing. ever, which was so cool. The warden was so cool about it. They were like, why does this little girl want a guitar in prison? I was just like, just so that we can express ourselves. Um, <laughs> they really don't know what to do with me. They're just like, whatever lady, just stop sending us emails. It's definitely like a benefit of being like a pretty like white-ish lady. Is you can be like, can yeah, you have a guitar, please. And then you it's definitely it. a privilege point. Yeah, yeah, definitely a privilege point. Um, and they just think I'm weird and move on with their days. They're like, sure, are you gonna like encourage violence with it? I'm like, no, we're just gonna make some music. And they're like, just get out of my office. I have actual problems to do with. Um, but yeah, so so then we make our piece and we perform it or don't. We continue to work on it for years or for an hour. We, um, I am not the director. I'm a facilitator, so. Mm -hmm. I try to obsolete myself from the process as soon as possible. Mm -hmm. um, do you get people who um, their skill set that they bring or their um, their tool that they add to the circle is being a director? Yeah, all the time. Um, and often they'll use the word leadership or mm -hmm. um, I'm a good friend. Mm -hmm. um, so sometimes it's about taking in the first day or two, my job is to, and, and it's especially for people that um, don't see their, their skill set as tools, um, they're just like, I don't know, I'm not good at anything. I'm like, well, are you a good friend? Are you a good teacher? I, it's finding really, really easy, easy things that I've seen in their personalities and be like, great, you are so good at teaching. I love the way you talk to the younger women in the circle. Can you go off with these two and help direct their dance piece? Mm -hmm. So it's about finding those gifts and plucking them and saying, hey, I trust you with this. Trust yourself. You can do this. I promise. I promise you're enough for this. Go, do it, try it. What's the worst thing that's going to happen? <laughs> Yeah. No one will die as a result of this. Um, so it's about just picking up those gifts and, and, and 
challenging ourselves to look at those gifts as something that we can share with the world rather than just something we're good at. Yeah. So is there, what's the wrapping up point of a theater circle? Is it a performance for people outside the circle? Is it the work itself? Like what is, what is the end point? Yeah, sometimes. So, so a really, really wonderful mentor of mine said, never, ever promise a performance specifically with marginalized communities. Mm -hmm. uh, Cause there are times when it will not work. Um, I always try to have a performance of some sort, whether it's for the other people in the block or whether it's for families or friends or whatever. Um, but because of the transient nature of the groups that I work with, uh, we might show up and our space might be gone. We might show up and our funding got cut and I no longer have my security badges. Um, I, I never know if I'm going to see these people again after today. So, which is really hard. <laughs> That's a, it's a really challenging thing. Um, but that means that what we have to do is be really intentional about our process and about the moment. So I guess there is no wrapping up. There's, there never is. And even if we get a performance, it is always my dream that the circle continues without me. Mm-hmm. I am not necessary. So I know in Michigan, um, some of our guys got shipped to other prisons, like right before our final performance. And we heard from them that they had started circles in six other prisons in the in the state. Oh, I just got so like bumps. that's awesome. Yeah, isn't that freaking crazy? Mm-hmm. Like, and that's the beauty of putting the onus on not putting the onus of allowing the circle to have its own power. Is that when the circle has its own power, people have personal responsibility for what happens to them, and then they can use those tools as they go. There isn't a wrapping up point, and isn't that great? <laughs> yeah. And that's also the power of, um, what we would have called leading from the center in my yeah. like leadership mm-hmm. program, because mm-hmm. when you, when you're like, I'm not in charge here, like all of us are in charge and then one person can leave and they take that in chargeness with them when they go. Right. Right. You don't have to be like, oh, well, I wish I could do this, but we don't have a person, you know, I don't yeah. have a leader. Mm-hmm. We don't have a director. So they can just like put themselves in the role. Mm-hmm. Of that. That's awesome. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. So give us a snapshot of um, what you're doing now, what your days look like, what your work looks like. Sure. Uh, I'm in Hamlet right now at the Atlanta Shakespeare Company. I'm playing Laertes, so I die every night in a super badass sword fight. Um, As far as we can tell, I'm one of the first, if not the first professional woman to play this role, which I think is pretty freaking cool. Yeah. I mean, that's amazing for you, but really? Like, when I hear those, like, this is the first woman doing blank, I'm always like, what? Like, really? Like, a, a... woman hasn't done this on the world stage yet? Like what is happening? Yeah. What is and I, I want someone to prove me wrong. I like, yeah. I've done a lot of research into this and like, I can't wait for one of your listeners or your viewers to be like, um, I did that in 1993. Shut up. Yeah. Yeah. If you're listening out there, <laughs> know someone who, uh, a woman, please tell me, he's let us know. <laughs> please tell me. I would love you to email podcast at emilystamets.com. Let us know. Please, please be like, this girl is talking out of, out of her ass. She has no idea what she's talking about. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so I'm doing that. I, I am working on a collaboration with um, an organization that uh, provides artistic programming to teens experiencing homelessness. I'm working on that collaboration right now. I'm working on getting into the Georgia Federal Penitentiary, which there isn't art programming there right now um, at all. So I want to I wanna start working with the maximum security and death row folk. Um, I'd really like to work there. It's taken about two years to get the correct email address. <laughs> so yeah. it's going to be a long process, but um, very much worth it. Uh, so I'm, I'm working on those partnerships and getting, the, I just moved to Georgia officially about a month ago. So I'm still working on getting settled. Um, and then other than that, I, I work 15 hours a week at Whole Foods. Nice. I sell supplements and I put really nice lotion on really rich people. And it's great. <laughs> Do you it's, get a discount? You bet your bippy I get a discount. That's the most amazing. <laughs> so yeah, I'm, I'm rehearsing and I'm, I am a teaching artist for a couple of the theaters in town. And to balance it all out, I'm, I'm a, uh, a part-time team associate at Whole Foods. <laughs> That's so great. I love it. <laughs> okay. So tell us, yeah, please, a vivid memory that you have of the theater. Honestly, the one that jumps to mind is, is the first day that I went to um, the circle at the first prison I visited. And I, the story just gets to my core um, every time I tell it. Um, so I, I walked in and I'm there with probably 30 guys 
maybe a little less, maybe 25. Um, and we're all sitting in a circle. And the first expectation was we went in and shook hands with everyone. We shake hands and greet every single time because we celebrate our time together because we never know how much we're going to have. Um, and as we sat down, I was like, why is everyone being quiet? What kind of weird hippy dippy shit have I just walked into? <laughs> Are they going to like have me sacrifice a virgin or something? Like, what is this? And uh, we're sitting there and then a guy gets up and starts doing um, a Romeo speech from Romeo and Juliet. And I just remember being like, is he magic? He's magic. <laughs> I'm a fucking muggle. I'm sorry. I probably can't swear here. I'm a yes, muggle. We oh, cool. all the time. Yeah. Great. I'm a You're fucking good. muggle. He's, he's a wizard. I want to be a wizard too. Um, so I just thought it was the coolest moment. And we were, don't you dare. Oh, I love him. I want to kill him sometimes. Um, so he's doing this speech and I'm, it's beautiful. And I'm understanding what the fuck he's saying. And I'm like, wait, Shakespeare is not terrible. It is terrible a lot of the times, but sometimes it's fucking magic. Um, so he finishes and we go through and I see these guys pouring their souls out to each other with this language that I shouldn't be understanding, but I am. And I'm just sitting there like ugly crying because I think it's so beautiful, but also I cry at Dove commercials. I cry whenever I'm feeling any emotion. Same. Um, same. Yeah. <laughs> um, and they're done. And one of the guys says to us, do you have any questions? Um, and I'm just sitting there, you know, I'm a puddle. I'm a glorified noodle at this point. And I raised my hand and I said, what do you want people on the outside to understand about you? And so a guy comes forward and he's in a wheelchair and he has an eye patch. Um, and I learned later that uh, he lost an eye to diabetes because of um, hospital neglect mm -hmm. in the system. And he is paralyzed because of police brutality. Um, and he starts doing the speech from Merchant of Venice where he talks about half not a Jew eyes, ears, dimensions, senses, passions. If you prick us, do we not bleed? If you tickle us, do we not laugh? If you wrong us, will we not revenge? If we are like you in the rest, we are like you in this. And he is pouring out his soul and so angry that the world just doesn't see him as a fucking human. Um, and he starts to cry and he's shaking and sobbing and kind of scary. And he's just so angry. And then one of the other brothers get in the circle gets up and puts his hand like kneels in front of him and looks him in the eye and goes the quality of mercy is not strained it droppeth as a gentle rain from heaven upon the place beneath and calls this guy back to his humanity um <laughs> uh and those people became my friends they became my friends and my family and people that i love very much um but in that moment, they explained something to me through pure vulnerability that I will never have complete language for. So do I have an answer of what people who are incarcerated want people on the outside to know? No, absolutely not. But I have an intrinsic understanding of it because they gave that gift to me. Mm -hmm. um, and it's informed the direction of my life. And, and so it, that is probably my most vivid, meaningful memory of my time in the theater. That's beautiful. Thank you for sharing. What's the most important lesson that you have learned in the theater? Oh my God, so many. Um, the thing I am learning right now is to take up your damn space because no one's just going to give it to you. I've mm -hmm. got to raise my hand for what I want because no one is going to raise it for me. Um, I have spent a lot of years making myself as small as humanly possible, as unoffensive as humanly possible. Um, and I was miserable. And I am learning that as an actor, I am more interesting when I make demands of my scene partners. As a human being, I am much happier when I am just laying out what I want. Um, and the world responds better to me. Like, I am not the compilation of people's opinions of me. I am me. And like, it is such a huge step to walk from. I am not the compilation of other people's opinions of me to I have an intrinsic value and core. It's a massive step. Have I figured it out? No, but I'm working on it. <laughs> and so I think that's, that's the biggest thing is like, this is an art form that is about visibility. And it's about people seeing us and understanding what we're talking about and understanding what we're doing as in the audience members. Um, but what happens if we just choose to be and let people take what they want from us, you know, take what they want from what we're giving them. 
Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> that is bringing up a lot. Um, what, I mean, that's about where it. I'm going with it is just my sort of like my metaphor for life, which is that we're all born with these like seeds inside of us mm. um, and that we choose which ones to sprout and nurture. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're all possible. They're all part of our potential, but we get to, it's almost like, a, it's kind of like, never mind. That's a different metaphor. Uh, so yeah, we choose <laughs> to sprout and nurture um, and none of them are bad and none of them are better than others. It's just like, yeah, yeah. we have all of these possibilities and we decide. Um, but if you don't okay. decide um, to let one grow, then you're just going to be like a patch of dirt and like, yeah, literally we'll walk all over you. This, I, this is where our metaphors come together. Right. Yeah. Um, but you, you have to say, this is what I'm growing. This is what I stand for. This is what I'm here to create. Um, but if you don't do that, then other people are going to just use that space for you, I guess. Can I ask you a question? Please do. What does that look like for Emily? What is, what are those seeds that you have found that are important mm-hmm. for you to nurture? Oh, thank you for asking. Um, a lot. Uh, it's sort of the, I'm at a place where all of the things that all of the like very disparate things that I have learned to do are converging in, a into a really beautiful vision. Um, mm. this podcast is a huge part of that. The just inspiring women who create to do it. Yeah. Period. To do it, yeah. to do it bigger, to do it more. Um, that is what I'm here for. I'm, yeah. I've always been a person who is, uh, at my best when I'm shining the light on other people and helping other people mm. like as a director, as an educator, yeah. as all of the other things I've done, that's yeah. been my skill. Yeah. Um, and so that's, I just want to do that on a level for like the people that I see myself in. Oh, I love that. Thank you for your work. Well, thank you for thank your you. work also. <laughs> Um, and I think that I think that there's a, a kind of empowering thing too about how do I phrase this? Um, mm, never mind. Total bunny trail. Total bunny trail. Never mind. <laughs> body trail, like like a like a no bunny word? bunny. Oh, bunny, bunny trail. trail. I was like body but, trail. I mean, we're talking about like a murder hole in your kitchen. Yeah. And like <laughs> my brain's just like in a different place today. Bunny trail. Bunny trail. Bunny no, trail. I think I think there's something so special about coming to the place of giving ourselves permission to grow the seeds that we want to grow. Mm-hmm. Like, like growing up the way that I did where I followed a rule book to a T and I still wasn't happy. Um, it was about growing the seeds that I thought that people wanted from me or that God wanted from me, whoever he, she, it may be. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when I, a couple months ago, um, I made myself a happiness manifesto and I, looked back at times in my life where I have been the happiest and I said, okay, what structure was in place for me to experience that? And I started just making a list of shit that I wanted. Um, And instead of growing the seeds that I thought other people wanted from me, I started being like, I really like stand-up comedy. I think I'm going to go be a stand-up comedian. Or like, (laughs) I want some health insurance. I'm going to go get a job where I have health insurance. (laughs) <laughs> like, like, and that's a really privileged thing, right? To just be able to be like, I want to go to this thing. I'm going to go to this thing. But like, yeah, it's, it's been earth shattering for me. Everything is different. I'm not dating people. I don't want to date. <laughs> I'm not working with companies. I don't want to work with. Yeah. I got a dog. He's very cute. I love him very much. Yeah. I, I didn't think I was going to be a good dog mom for a year. Wait for someone to give you permission to get a dog. Right. You're never going to have a dog. Right. Right. And then Obi would be sitting in a shelter still. Oh, which even the image of that breaks my freaking heart. He's so yeah. perfect. Um, <laughs> I just love him. I'm obsessed with him. Sometimes I'm like at rehearsal and people aren't talking about my dog. And I'm like, hey, guys, I, I, sorry to interrupt. I, I, I understand that we haven't been talking about my dog for too long. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I do that. Oh, do you want to see this video of my cat doing anything? Like, like anything at anything, all? Anything. And people are like, Emily, your cat's just sleeping. And you're like, I know, like, but yeah, isn't it perfect? It's great. It's the best. She's the best at this. <laughs> She's, I'm the same. she's better at sleeping than any other cat. Beautiful. Okay. I feel like we took a, uh, I wonder if we disengaged from that conversation. Um, yeah. I mean, we definitely did disengage, but I'm just sort of like, did we disengage from it because it was feeling too big? Maybe. Ooh, interesting. Interesting. Um, but it was mm. good talking about permission, giving ourselves permission um, and you were talking about like growing the seeds that you feel like other people uh, wanted, like other people that you thought other people wanted you to grow. Mm-hmm. Um, 
which then goes to my other sort of life metaphor, which for me, that is like, I'm going to stand over here and tap dance, but it's not my show. Like I'm going to be like, la, 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 la. I'm doing all these things. Look at me. But it's like not the show I'm supposed to be in. Right. 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 So you like, you spend all this energy, but then your show, the show that is supposed to be created by you and for you and about you is sitting Mm -hmm. there sad and lonely and cobwebby. Yeah. And, and I mean, I think there are multiple steps in that process. And the first one for me was recognizing exactly how much energy I, I'm going to use past tense, but it's still something I struggle with, how much energy I was pouring into making sure that I was acceptable to others. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I have an eating disorder. Uh, <laughs> a lot of people don't look at my body and think that I have an eating disorder, but I do. Mm-hmm. Um, anyone can have an eating disorder. Uh, and my self-worth is so intrinsically tied up with how people respond to me. Um, and it's taken years of therapy and lots of drugs to get me out of that. Uh, but it is a terrifying first step to separate that out and to say, what happens if I had a force field around me and other people's opinions simply didn't matter for a second? Um, and I realized that I was left with nothing. Um, and so I, I had to basically start building a personality from the ground up. Like I had been living my entire life from this idea that I was insufficient and then flipping the script on that and saying, what if I just started from, I am sufficient, I'm enough, what would happen? Um, and it's terrifying. It's horrible. It's awful. It's not (laughs) cute and magic. And I'm like, oh, and then I fell in love with myself. Like, this is not a John Green story. It's (laughs) fucking terrible (laughs) because then you go and you hang out with your friends and you don't want to, you don't know what to talk about because you used to talk about Batman, but you don't even fucking like Batman. Mm -hmm. So they're talking about Batman and you have to be honest about the fact that you never read the comics, which you've been lying to them about for the past six years. (laughs) How about a So, so what, like, what was that process? I mean, it's messy, right? That, that yeah. like, it's like self-discovery, especially when you're starting from a place where you're like, oh shit, like I've spent all this time doing shit in other people's shows and like making other people right. look good and making other people feel good. And, and literally like, lying to make myself fit. I exactly. literally lied to people I love. Yeah. Like totally <laughs> who I am yeah. in order to yeah. like try to make something else happen for somebody else. Right. Um, right. How, like, do you have some like practical strategies or like the steps that worked for you. So if someone listening today is like, oh, that's like where I am. I'm ready to start yeah. this journey. What would you, what would you recommend for her that she or they um, start with? Well, I, I don't have a clean answer for that because mine started with a person <laughs> who kind of proved to me that it was my best friend and she loved me through the cracks of my perfection. And like, I had this beautiful facade up all the time. Like everyone look how together I am. You see this bitch, this bitch is a bitch with her shit together. <laughs> Be on my merry way. Um, and as that became exhausting and unsustainable, um, my, my facade began to crack and I would get terrified that someone would see the crack. Um, and I would patch it up as soon as humanly possible, but people started entering my life and being like, no, 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 don't patch it up. Just sit here with it for a second. And I'd be like, no, 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 but then you won't love me anymore. And they were like, mm, en contraire, mi amor. <laughs> <laughs> we know that you don't have your shit together. We know you're crazy <laughs> and we love you because of it. <laughs> so I know that like that may not feel like it's immediately reproducible for everybody, but I think that is actually a huge tip and strategy is to find yourself at least one person Mm -hmm. who will love you through all of the cracks. And And I I think, oh, sorry. No, no, go for it. I think that, that the, the practical strategy I would pull out of that is yes, they showed up for me in a way that I couldn't show up for myself, but I opted into those relationships. Mm -hmm. When I was ready to, I said, okay, this is a manufactured emotion, but I'm going to pretend to trust that you still love me. Yeah. Even if I don't really trust it yet, I'm going to just opt into that and say, okay, I trust you. 
even if I don't really. <laughs> I think one way we're just, yeah. I feel like we're just like moving backwards here in the, in like That's what fine. is the actual like starting of this? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. A thing that I do often when I'm like, I feel like I need this from other people is I'll flip it and be like, who needs this from me? Mm. And that's something that yeah. some of my best friends and I have been very, we all sort of like just moved across the country from one another all of a sudden. Mm. Yeah. That's so something that we are doing intentionally. Um, and we're still not great at it, but we're working on it is to just is ask like, Hey, how are mm-hmm. you actually doing? What's hard right now? Um, cause it's really easy to always just be like, Hey, how are you doing? It's super good. Like what, you know, what's all the good stuff. Yeah. But then so yeah. we have to ask intentionally, like, what is hard? Can I support you? What's something mm-hmm. that you right now? Um, and I find that to be very fulfilling and opening those conversations and opening those safe spaces, mm-hmm. even among people that are already safe, but then you just, yeah. That, right. And I think there's one of the principles that we have in, in circle is that, um, anyone has the right to freeze the action. Um, Mm -hmm. We call it the pineapple principle, and I don't know why. I'm pretty sure one of my like 10-year-old students came up with this word because we were looking for a shorthand for it. But it's the idea that I need a minute, and I need you to just be with me in my minute. I may or may not talk about it, but I need a minute. And it's called the pineapple principle for us. And it's, it's a moment where it's just a freeze in the action, just sitting next to our broken for a second. And trusting that the people around us will hold up our broken with us while we sit with it. Mm-hmm. And then it goes away. And then it can go away or it can be a deepened experience. But especially with things like trauma, it's not always something we can talk about. It's not always something that we have the space to dig into. Sometimes we just have to sit next to it for a few minutes. Um, so I think that having an awesome group of friends like that and an intentionality like that is great. But sometimes, and, and sometimes having a shorthand for it is really helpful. My best friend, who is also my roommate, um, we have, we have a, we use that same shorthand with each other. It's um, like, hey, how was your day? Not great. Pineapple. And pineapple just means we sit on the couch and snuggle and maybe watch Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> and like, then we might talk Always about it Always a good choice. <laughs> Always a good choice. It's so, I haven't, I haven't finished it yet, but I am I'm watching it. I'm rewatching it for like the third time with my mom. Oh. She's watching it for the first time. It's, uh, it's, such a good choice. I'm so stressed all the time. I'm almost done with the last season. <laughs> I'm so unhappy all the time. It's anyway. not going to get better. I'm sorry. I know. I know. I hate it. I already, and she's been trying to get me to watch it almost every day, but we only have five episodes left. And I'm like, absolutely not. You're just like trying I'm to having, stretch it out. Yeah. Yeah. So put off the inevitable right. of when I'm crushed. Yeah. No, that's, I definitely um, uh, watched it again immediately after I finished it the first time. So you can always do that. Oh, it's just as good. It's just as good on the rewatches. Um, mm. Total tangent. <laughs> yeah. What's up? What's up, girl? That's what we're here for, right? Um, amazing. So Im- important lesson is like get yourself people. Trust. Trust your tribe. Trust your tribe. Okay. It's not get yourself people. We all have people. Yeah. We all have people. I guess I mean um, people with like a capital P. Yeah. Like the people who are yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's, for me, I already had people in place and I was working so hard at impressing them that I forgot to be in relationship with them. Yeah. Um, so maybe it's not so yeah. much, uh, so I, I like the way you said it is, uh, to like trust, trust those people, not so much like mm-hmm. find them or get them because mm-hmm. there may, there probably is at least one person in your life. And honestly, mm-hmm. if there's not, um, there are people out there who do this professionally. So I'm just going to do like a yeah. shout out to yep. therapists and psychologists and uh, life coaches and all of the people whose entire job it is to be safe. Listen, my girl Kate is my therapist. I love her. She's very cool. She always has plants in her office and she calls me on my nonsense like nobody else. Yep. Therapists are great. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. available at like I find mine at a sliding scale. I can afford my therapy. Mental health treatment is affordable. There are always resources. Yes, if you need absolutely. access to the, those resources, contact me directly at my website and I can help <laughs> you find them in your area. Perfect. Thank you, Bridget. And what is your website really quickly while we're on the topic? Uh, BridgetMcCarthy.net. Easy peasy. Perfect. If you need help, just go to the contact page. I'll help you find someone. I'm not a mental know. health professional, but I can help find you one. There we go. And I also offer um, life coaching services. Um, mm-hmm. Ooh. And like, I run my own business so I can charge whatever I want. Um, Heck yeah. I do like very affordable options for people and payment plans and everything. Heck yeah, man. All the time. So what are a few skills 
<clears throat> or habits of mind mm -hmm. that have been the most helpful to you as an artist or craftsperson? Ooh, I like that. Your questions are good. You I know, know aren't they? It's almost like they pay for this. Right? Um, they don't yet, but don't we'll work yet. on that. You can donate. You gotta get that, gotta get get that good, good podcast money. <laughs> Set up a GoFundMe. <laughs> <laughs> going to get that good, good podcast money. You know why people yeah. get into podcasts for the riches. Um, right. Exactly. <laughs> um, Hashtag not I, that. <laughs> um, I think uh, the question was, what are the skills uh, as an artist that help in life? Was that kind of? Uh, no, right now it's like the skills and habits of mind that help you as an artist. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Um, I am enough mm -hmm. is a mantra that I have to repeat to myself every day, <laughs> every day, especially on those days where I am positive that it's not true, where logical brain knows it's technically true, but like emotional brain is like, I'm a piece of shit. Um, so that's a big one. I am enough. Um, I actually, I've, I've been in a situation where in the past couple shows actually of, of Hamlet that I go on stage and who is in the audience has a huge impact on my performance that night. Mm -hmm. um, and part of that is because I'm young. Part of that is because I, I've only been working professionally for a couple of years uh, and I'm, I'm still learning. Uh, and I think a lot of it comes back to, I am not the collection of people's opinions about me that includes artistically. Um, so that's a big one. Um, and then the other one is just choose not to be afraid. Choose not to be afraid. Like this is a scary life artistically and otherwise like when it's safe, and obviously I'm not, I'm not saying that people do things that are unsafe or go places that are unsafe, but for me, I have figured out what I can and can't do. Even when the things that I can do are scary, choose, choose not to be afraid and see what happens. Or if I can't choose not to be afraid, just choose to do it anyway and see what happens. What happens when I do the scary thing? Not the unsafe thing, but the scary thing. Mm. And when I choose to do the scary thing, um, I am always surprised that the outcome, am I always, is that true? Am I about to lie? No, I have never done the scary thing. It is true. I've never done the scary thing and had it really negatively affect me. I've done an unsafe thing and had it negatively affect me, but doing a scary thing has never negatively affected me. Mm -hmm. It's, it is huge. Yeah. Even if it fails. Even, Even if you do especially when it fails. And you're terrible at it, right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> That's yeah. the best. It's great. It's great. Do the scary thing. Yeah. Two good ones. Um, this is my favorite question. Are you ready? Yes. Okay. Yes. What's one thing that you do in your theatrical work that if I did it in my own life, it would make my life better? <laughs> Rehearsal reports. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, that is accurate to my life situation. <laughs> Dude, like if I took an iota of the organizational skills that the stage managers in my life have and applied it to my personal life, I would be president by now. Um, alas, I, I'm not, but I did brush my teeth this morning, so we're doing okay. I did forget deodorant though, so I guess it's okay. <laughs> I like it 50%. I give you credit for that. <laughs> um, I did pull my laundry though as soon as it came out of the dryer this morning, oh, which gosh. is the second time that that's ever happened. That just like, you could not wear deodorant for like two weeks. <laughs> Cause that's like, that's how much I've earned it. The laundry. Yeah. Has you. yeah. <laughs> um, I think that, so organizational skills, ha ha ha, but actually though. Um, but the other part of it is it's authenticity, right? The, the more, and I know authenticity is like a cute buzzword that we put on hashtags and on Instagram right now. And we like have cute plaques on our doors that say authenticity and it doesn't feel authentic. Um, but looking at authenticity as something other than a buzzword uh, has been life-changing for me looking at, you know, the more authentic I am as an actor, the more people are like, Oh yeah, I see what you're doing versus being like, who's she trying to fool? Um, and, and the more I am authentic in life, <laughs> absolutely the happier I am. Absolutely. The deeper my relationships are. Does it complicate shit? Hell yeah. Because when I'm authentic, that means that I'm saying scary things a lot. Um, but living without a filter is a life that I can't ever go back. Once I learned to live, to start living without a filter and what that looks like, 
nope, never again. I'm never going back to the way I used to live. That's yeah. Great. yeah. We're man. glad. Everyone in the world is glad. Thank you. I'm so glad too. I'm so much more tolerable now. <laughs> People well, like is, me so much more now that I'm not trying to get them to like me all the time. I feel like, like the, the like energetic mass that is the world and like humanity within the world mm-hmm. just gets better when any one individual aligns, right? Absolutely. Like live a better uh, aligned, authentic life then mm-hmm. the entire energy is like, oh, great. That improved us by one person, right? Uh-huh. And the and more the, absolute, that, the, the bigger yeah. impact it has. And, and it absolutely is a chain reaction. Like I am the person I am because of the people around me being their truest selves. And I'm sure that other people are their truest selves because I am in their life in a way, along with other people being there. Like trueness inspires trueness. And, and the more intentional we can be about that as a, as a society and as, as a community, however big your community may be, like, it just deepens us. It deepens us and it strengthens us. Um, yeah. yeah. It's so great. It's so great. I love I'm it. all about the gospel of authenticity. Have you heard the good news? <laughs> <laughs> Have you heard Is the good news? Is there a track? Because I for this, for this I think gospel. that there should be. We'll have Obi deliver them. Great. Just on go Halloween. Up. Because on Halloween. everyone wants in their Halloween. <laughs> Hello. Have you heard the gospel of Washington today? <laughs> also, do you have any chicken? Uh, that's our, uh, do you have any chicken? Yeah. He just likes chicken a lot. Oh, I, I was like, I, I do. I have a flock of chickens. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> yes, Obi, we can be friends. Um, <laughs> that's amazing. Uh, I'm just like starting to envision the the book that we're going to write together. It's going to be great. The Gospel Hell yeah. of Authenticity. Oh. I'm writing this down. How fun would that be? That would be awesome. Like having a bunch of women plus contribute essays on their journey to authenticity. Okay. Did we just come? Emily. Yes. Hi. Emily. <laughs> hi. My brain just like. I just went. No, no, no. I just went. Did we just come up with an awesome idea? Yes. Yes, <laughs> yes we, we did. did. Yes, we, we did. did. Check. Cool. Great. Check. Put a star next to that. It did already. I did add a bracket. <laughs> Look, it's and a bracket. I'm going to underline it too. Circle Jeepers, it. Mister. Okay. Love it. Jeepers. <laughs> Jeepers. Jeepers. Um, all right. Should yeah. theater be required life curriculum? Yes. Why? Yes. Because all of the things that make me a good person are the things that make me a good artist. Oh, like, like what? The best. The Okay. So the best people I have ever met also happen to be the best artists I have ever met. They are people that are generous and kind and organized and aware of other people and empathic and compassionate and passionate and awesome at teamwork and awesome communicators and fantastic at multitasking. Like those people, not that you can really multitask, but they're good at like segmenting their lives so that they can do more than one thing at once anyway. Like the people that are the best possible actors and artists and technicians and designers to work with are also incredible human beings. That Venn diagram is a huge overlap. Um, the skills of being an artist are the skills of being a person. The people that I know that are like, oh, I can never be an actor. I can't memorize lines. I'm like, you know why you could be an actor? Because you're so good at being a person. Like, like it is the same and, and I don't know about other arts, like I can't draw for shit, but like, I know that, you know, the empathy and vision to be an artist, whatever, I could probably learn it if I wanted to. I don't, but I respect it. Like the things that are required to be a good person in this world are the things that make us good team members and, and practitioners in the theater. And like, I, I teach in middle schools and there's, uh, middle schoolers are a very special breed. Mm-hmm. I love them very much. I have great respect for anyone that can work with them full time. I cannot, but I can go in for short sessions because um, they're just they're just sweet little sweet little children that are just trying so hard to be grown ups, and they're just so cute. Um, I taught them full time for a long time. They're my favorite. Oh, you they're my favorite bless, grade level to teach. Bless you. You're with welcome. Everything. You're I bless welcome. You with world. Abundance. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for that. That was thank my gift. Was just living with <laughs> readers for hours every day. For years. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for your work. I appreciate it. They are fantastic um, though. That's my favorite <laughs> Oh, they're, they for are. All they're the so reasons. sweet. Mm-hmm. They're so sweet. And I love them so much. I just know that I don't have what it takes to be with them full time. I just couldn't do it. It's, they're a lot. I love them. They're a lot. Um, kind of like my dog. I love them. I love him very much. Sometimes I need his, 
<laughs> his other mom to take him out a walk sometimes. Um, so when I work with those kids, a lot of the skills that they are lacking in because of our education system and because of the way technology is interacting in their lives, like they're missing a lot of crucial skills. And it's not just me that's saying this, like this is a broadly understood thing about like this age group from like fifth grade to ninth grade right now. Something we did nationally um, made these kids miss out on a lot of social and emotional skills. Um, and it's not their fault. <laughs> it's not their fault, but they're very, they aren't great at collaborating with one another. They're not great at talking to one another. They're not great at making decisions and sticking by them, making bold choices as it were. Um, and when I work with those kids, I love doing devising work because it's practicing all of those skills. Um, so on a very basic level, it helps us to interact with each other on a, on a better level, but on a, on a broader scale, it helps us to kind of deepen our experience with other people. Absolutely. Welcome um, to my TED talk. Yeah, no, thank you. <laughs> thank you for coming Golf to my class. TED talk. Golf class. <laughs> thank you. Um, thank you. so the way I, I asked this question is yeah. a little different, but you ask the same question of the people in your circles. Yeah. Um, you ask if you had a megaphone in 10, 10, 10 seconds of attention? 10 seconds, yes. 10 seconds. Um, no one's going to listen to you for 10 minutes. You're not important enough. That's true. No one is that important. I, um, I'm joking. I'm joking. You are important. You are enough. Audra McDonald is that important. Um, Accurate. She's like I would listen to her. I'm like the day that Audra McDonald <laughs> podcast is the day I just quit life. I'll be like, I'm done. That was it. That was Thank like you. everything. I'm finished. I'm moving to the mountains. I don't I even know what's next. Woman. Yeah, exactly. I'll be over here I'm in the corner just like weeping if you need me. Um, <laughs> so the way I ask this is plant a seed in the mind's heart spirits or all three of the people who are listening today. Mm. I promise I thought about this before the podcast. Oh, you're fine. Hmm. But this, this conversation has got my, my wheels are turning. I know. Um, <laughs> you, can, you can think, by currently my cat is running around with um, something attached to her body. So cool, cool. You want to go take care of that? I might go take care of that while you're thinking. Cool, 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 cool. <laughs> Delightful. Okay, we're good. Good. What was it? It was, it was like a, a scrap of um, knitting cool, that I like cool. did a sweater and I had to cut the bottom off it. And anyway, so awesome. she had that, but it was like tangled all up in her legs. Like... Awesome. Okay. So plant a seed in the hearts, minds, spirits are all three of the people who are listening today. I'm really excited because the way you're going to cut this, it's going to sound like I, I came up with this on the spot and like I'm a sage witch woman. Except I'm um, reading what you just said in. So everyone's going to know. So everyone's going to know that it took me like approximately four minutes to come up with this. Awesome. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, my plant, my seed is my invitation as it were. Um, choose to sit with the question what would I do if I was enough? Choose to sit with the question, what would I do if I was enough? You don't have to believe you're enough. You don't have to, no one's, no one's making you. Um, but just choosing to sit with that question for a little while of what about my life would be different if I just believed that I was worthy and that I was enough. That was the starting point for me for a lot of things. And it's a terrifying question. Um, but the scarier it is, the more worth it it is to, to dig into, I think. Absolutely. And I think if it is scary, um, <clears throat> like in a way that makes it unapproachable, mm -hmm. a baby step to that might be applying it to very specific situations. Sure. Yeah. About like, what am I going to have for dinner? Mm -hmm. And just ask yourself, what would I choose if I was enough? Yeah. I, that's great. There are, I mean, you know, speaking as a person with an eating disorder, eating disorders are diseases that whisper, you are not enough, you are not enough, you are not enough all day long. And one of the first things that I did in therapy was my, my therapist made me make a list of my favorite things, my favorite color, my favorite outfit to wear, my favorite music to listen to, my like, like I was in third grade. Um, and then she said, cool, your job this week is to indulge in three of those things just because they are your favorites for no other reason. Um, and that was the first time I had let myself have any, have Indian food in like three years. Cause 
Indian food has so many calories and, and there's the, the carbs and the and like my eating disorder brain was going crazy. Um, but as I'm in recovery, I get it every once in a while simply because I like it and I deserve the pleasure of that food. Um, which I have to tell myself over and over again as I'm ordering it because I'm still terrified. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, starting with that list of what are the things that I would indulge in if I wasn't afraid to, what would, what would that be like? What if I did buy the blue trash can because I like blue, even though there's already so much blue in my bathroom that it looks like a black room. Like <laughs> what would I do? It's very simple little steps. I like that. Yeah. You know what I would do? What would you do? Start a podcast. Hell yeah. Yes. Look at you. Look at you. <laughs> Look at it's you. Happening. You did the scary thing. It was, uh, it was in a, a big way. Thing. It was really scary because it's taking the work I was doing um, semi-privately in like, I have like mm -hmm. a Facebook community and like my life coaching clients, um, and just putting it on a very big stage where anybody can find it. And that, yeah. Is, do you want to know how I decided? I think this is a good story. I do. Please tell okay. me. Okay. So I don't even remember where I was, but I was talking about, I was like, yeah, like, you know, and I, I'm like writing a book and it's taking me forever. And I've been thinking about this podcast for years and it was taking me forever. Yeah. And someone was like, well, what is like, what are you most afraid of? Like, what is the scariest thing? And the thing that came to my mind first, and this is like so funny, um, as I was like, you know what I'm actually afraid of? I'm afraid that Lin-Manuel Miranda is going to call me up and ask for life coaching and I'm not going to be enough. I'm not going to be ready. Oh, um, and I was yeah. like that, like, that's my honest answer, yeah. <laughs> which is like how ridiculous. Yeah. And then I was like, but wait a second. Like I am that good. Like that's how yeah, you are work. That's a really stupid reason to hide when it's not even a reason. <laughs> like if he came yeah. to me today and was like, I need you to help. I'd be like, great. I got you. Like I'm, I yeah. let's go. Um, why am I hiding from that? Because of course mm -hmm. it's the whole like, you know, fears are actually what we also really want. Um, cause mm -hmm. like, that is the thing that I want. Like I want Lin-Manuel Miranda to call me. I want Audra McDonald to call me. Like I want, <laughs> I want the yeah. people that I respect the most to like work with me. Right. Yeah. Sure. So why am I sure. hiding from that? That's stupid. So anyway, that's how this podcast started. I love that. <laughs> so Lin-Manuel, if you're listening, I'm here <laughs> for you. I'm ready. She is. And I think Emily, if I can just like aggressively validate you for a second. Please um, do. Well, <laughs> Please I do. think. I think that, you know, you are using this metaphor of your light um, a lot, which I love. But I think one of the things that, you know, I've learned about you in the last 45 minutes or however long we've been talking is that part of your light is simply casting warmth upon a place. And you have this beautiful ability to cast safety and kindness and generosity into the spaces that you are in. Um, and I just am so excited to see what you do. Because you are a gift and the world is so much better because you're here. Thank like, you so much. like just who you are as a person and who you choose to be is, is so beautiful. And I'm, I'm so excited. Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate that. And it, it, I agree. Like that is my, like I said earlier, my greatest gift is helping mm -hmm. other people look good yeah. and feel good yeah. and do big things. And the day I was like, oh, right. Like it's not about me and everything that I do doesn't have to be mm -hmm. about me, but it has to be through me. Um, right. Right. It's important. Mm -hmm. It's important. Yeah. So, thank mm. you. And so are you. That. You're so great. <laughs> you. So are you. I think your work is incredible. Um, the people that you work with and the, the openness and the safety and the permission that you're offering. I don't want to say you're giving it to anybody because you don't have, they don't need to be given it, but you're just sharing, right. Right. You're being like, thank you on a platter. Like, Mm -hmm. it's yours. And I think that's really beautiful. Yeah. Thank you. I think a big part of it for me is just, you know, spending so many years hiding and desperately trying for people to not see my brokenness. Um, it brought me to a place where I had no choice, but to show people my brokenness because I was dying inside. Um, and literally dying. I mean, eating disorders have the highest mortality rate of any mental illness. Like people die of this stuff. And, and for a long time I was on a journey towards self-destruction. And like the thing that I have been learning over the past couple of years is like, yeah, I'm, I'm broken. And so is every single person around me. And like in our brokenness, we find wholeness and in our brokenness, we can be like, okay, we're all in this circle together. Oh, and we're all a mess. What a great place to start. And we all have <laughs> gifts. What an awesome place to keep going. And we all have something to contribute. 
what a blessing that we are in each other's presence. Like that, it's, it's a great way to live, man. It's a, it's a fun way to live. I love it. Absolutely. Um, since we are speaking about, um, eating disorders and we, yeah. we've mentioned it at all, um, what are the resources you would point people towards? Sure. Um, and please, uh, if you can put a, uh, trigger warning on this. I absolutely. It's already in my notes. You're so good. You're so good. Um, and maybe also one for religious stuff yeah. as well for religious trauma. Um, because that's a real thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, resources available for people with eating disorders are numerous and accessible at any price level. Um, there are services available for free in a lot of ways. The NEDA website, N-E-W-A, um, uh, sorry, NEDA, that's not how you spell NEDA, N-E-D-A.org, um, National Eating Disorder Association is an awesome place to start. They have a menu that says find resources and you can type in anywhere, your age, your location, your gender identity, whatever, and they will find you um, helping professionals in your area. Uh, if you also are in places that have a 411 um, number associated with your area, you can call that area and ask to be connected with uh, local resources with regards to eating disorder and all of your information is confidential. Um, starting with, uh, one of the things about eating disorders is that they are little beautiful disorders that thrive alone in the dark and when no one sees them. Um, if you don't have the energy to do those things, uh, talk to someone who loves you. Talk to someone who loves you. If you don't have the energy to talk, write it down. Tell someone you are not broken. Just tell someone. Tell someone, confide in someone, and they will help you find the resources you need. Mm -hmm. Also, reach out to me. Reach out to me, and I'll help connect you with people too. Absolutely. You can reach out to Bridget. You could reach out to me as well. Um, at any time via email is probably the easiest and fastest way to get a hold of me. Mm -hmm. um, a fun thing about my email address is that you yeah. can literally put in anything at emilystamets.com and it's going to land it, at, in my email. So like the future say, is amazing. I know. Right. <laughs> be like be my friend at emilystamets.com and it's going to like show up in my inbox. So you don't even have to remember anything hard, just my name. <laughs> Gospel um, but of I'm, authenticity at Emily Stamps. There we go. Right. Yeah. Oh, I love it. I love it. Um, yeah. So if you anytime um, ha need help finding resources or being connected to resources, um, I'm happy to be a conduit for that as well. And mm -hmm. I know Bridget, um, specifically, especially with your personal experience, is a fantastic resource as well. Heck yeah. If someone wants to contact you, they want to mm -hmm. hire you. They want to collaborate with you. They want to learn more about uh, doing theater circles in mm -hmm. populations that need them. I mean, we all need them, but research population, sure. um, how can they connect with you and how can they find you? Well, Lin-Manuel Miranda, when you listen to this, <laughs> after you call Emily, uh, you can find me at my website at BridgetMcCarthy.net. That's McCarthy with two Cs. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at something witty, please, or you can find me on Facebook. Amazing. I'm going to follow you on Instagram right now. <laughs> I'm really bad at Instagram. I just post pictures of my dog. And That's then every once in a while, I'm like, this is supposed to be a branding tool. Look, I'm doing a show. I don't yeah. know how to Insta. Same. I don't know. You'll see like blocks, <laughs> from me of, like inspirational, like life coaching stuff. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden it's just like, like rows and rows of just like my cat and knitting. Um, which like, is there a better life? I don't think so. There's not. This to is me, my that's life. the trifecta. <laughs> this is the life I'm choosing for myself and it is yeah. the best life for me. So hashtag living my best life. <laughs> you deserve it. <laughs> All right, Bridget McCarthy. Thank you so much for your thank time. You. This was truly wonderful. All right. Be kind to yourself. Maria. Right. Bye Bridget. It's good to see you. Bye. Awesome. All right. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Now, before I sign off, I did want to give you an update about those friends of mine that have moved all across the country. I'm actually going in just a couple of weekends. I'm so excited. We have rented a farmhouse together and we are going to be spending a weekend together. That is a very intentional decision. It is not an easy decision. We have to fly. Some of my friends are driving their kid. Like there's a lot that goes into that, but it is so, so worth it to stay connected to the people we know and love who love us for exactly who we are. So if there's someone in your life who is that person and maybe you haven't connected for a while, please take this as your cue to reconnect with them, to make the effort and be intentional about your relationship with that person. Okay, now that is all for today. 
if you uh, remember, <laughs> I just got super distracted. Uh, remember to subscribe, please, and leave us a review, leave us a rating, or send me feedback at podcastemilystamets.com. I want this podcast to be as awesome as possible for you. If you want to chat about what you've heard today, um, please follow us on social media. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at FYL Podcast and on Facebook at Find Your Light Podcast. You can email me anytime. My cat loves to hear from you. I read all of the emails we get out loud to her and she really loves it. You can always find me, Emily Stamets, at the Emily Stamets on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and my website which I believe you can get to at theemilystamets.com as well. Um, And I would love to hear from you and love to connect with you. All right, that's what we've got for today. Until next time, stand confidently center stage and enjoy the heck out of your show.